1: We continue our study of the book of Jude. False teaching and apostasy had entered the church in Asia Minor, and Jude addresses this problem in his letter. Our lesson this week will be taught by Associate Pastor Scott Basolo, a new voice on Heritage Bible Radio. Please listen to Pastor Scott as he delivers the Monday portion of this week's message entitled, details, and distractions of faith. Our text this morning is Jude, and we are in the third and fourth verses of Jude. You have an outline there in your bulletin. As we think of this text, and as I've gone through this passage, I was reminded a bit of World War I. World War I was called the Great War, and it was believed that it would be the last world war that would ever occur upon this planet. Because of this, starting in 1921, the United States minted for the first time ever a coin with an eagle with its wings down in a peaceful position as opposed to the outstretched wings of an eagle in battle. They called it the peace dollar because they believed that peace was going to reign throughout the world following that. In light of the casualty, casualty statistics of World War I, these were admirable considerations. Of the 68 million men that served in the several theaters around this planet, we find that 12 million of those 68 died in battle. In addition to that, 7 to 8 million died of battle-related deaths. The percentage of deaths to men served was at nearly 30%, making this one of the bloodiest wars of all times. Trying to find positive aspects such as titling this the war to end all wars or minting peace dollars was a nice idea. But the reality of man's depravity and its effect on society would rear its ugly head within 20 years from the same source. Although rather difficult... These are similar constraints that are detailed in the book of Jude. And also in the church today, and this is where our title comes from, Details and Distractions of Faith. Details and Distractions of Faith. Follow along as I read the first four verses of the book of Jude. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. To those who are the called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed. Those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness. And deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Details and distractions of faith. Two weeks ago, we saw an excellent introduction to the book of Jude. Jib gave us the background of Jude. He answered the who and what and when and where and why of this book. And in short, we saw that it is a book warning against false teaching and guarding against apostasy. We also saw the beginning in the beginning of book in verses 1 to 2, and in those verses, Jude's connection to the Lord and to his brother James. And we're also drawn to consider the audience, those who were the called and the kept of God and what powerful terms these were. That is that it was speaking of God's effectual calling to salvation of every believer and the eternal security which we possess as believers in Christ. We also were given a definition of an apostate as one who falls away from the faith. That is those who we're speaking about in this text were presumed to be believers. They were those who partook in the corporate worship of God through the church and then fell away. We in no way should consider that somehow believers then can fall away from God for that is not what's being spoken about. The scripture is very clear that those whom Christ chooses and calls are eternally secure and that he will lose none of them. So these are ones who professed to be believers, but we were not, and were evidenced so as they fell back and left from the truth of what was being told and taught. So with that, let's come to our text today, which will present our theme, Three Unchangeable Elements to Encourage Your Faith. Three unchangeable elements to encourage your faith. And with these, each of these three are our three points. So let's go to our first of three points, which is unshakable eagerness. Unshakable eagerness. Jude begins by addressing his main audience, beloved. He uses the biblical term of unconditional love from the root word agape that we're so familiar with. And as he does so, he explains not only his great love for this group, but it also tells us of his close and abiding relationship and even more, the amazement that these are the ones upon whom God has showered his unconditional and irrevocable covenant of love. This is a fabulous consideration and not one to be taken lightly, although we see it often in Scripture. So when you do, recognize the broad aspects that this simple word conveys. Then he dives in to bring forth our first point, the unshakable eagerness. And verse 3 says, while I was making every effort to write to you. Literally in the Greek, it's making with all diligence or making with all eagerness. Second Peter uses this word three times in the first chapter in verse 5, 10, and 15. And as Peter does so, he wants to convey to his listeners the importance and the eagerness which with, with which they must be pursuing their faith. Jim reminded us two weeks ago of Jude's familiarity with 2 Peter as evidenced by the similarity of themes. And we're going to see much of this, and it's very important for you to keep this in mind through the study of Jude, as it has many important implications. Jude's desire for this letter was to write them about their common salvation. He wanted to express his great eagerness to talk about the joy of his faith and of their faith. The assured hope of heaven. The peace amidst great conflict while on the earth. The unrestrained joy of having Christ in their lives. Being indwelt by the Holy Spirit so as they could understand the glorious teaching of God's word in the scripture. And it's almost as if you can feel him ready to burst. But there's yet more joy as we consider the actual terms that Jude Jude uses. We would literally translate this as the fellowship of our salvation. The word fellowship is the Greek word koine, from where we get koine or common Greek. This was the language that the New Testament was written in. It's that which was common to all of the world in that day. The main language of the world which God had chosen to convey the truth of His Son in Scripture. Jude is celebrating that which every believer has in common, that all are brothers and sisters in Christ. That we hold not just ourselves as a body, but we hold all things in common. That we are a local body here at Heritage Bible Church. One divinely joined together by God himself. With the spiritual gifts that he gives to everyone knitted for the working of this body in this place. To build up one another and to carry out the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Peter was concerned about having given up everything in his early life as a believer. And he shared that concern with Jesus. And in Mark 10, the Lord responded to Jesus' concern. And in Mark 10, 29, we read, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brother.'" or sister, or mother, or father, or children, or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. And so Peter was thinking, Lord, we've, we've come to follow you. We've left everything. I've left the fishing. My wife is kind of off on the side. I don't see her very often. I've, I've left my family and my tradition. And, and Lord, what do I have? Because he's just finished telling them that it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And the Lord then tells him this truth. And we have to ask, okay, in the age to come, we're going to get all these. How do we get it now? How do I have hundreds of times of brothers and sisters and mothers and farms? Look around you, beloved. Hundreds of brothers, hundreds of sisters, hundreds of mothers, hundreds of farms. And these are what we hold in common. And this is the blessing that we have in our common salvation. And how incredibly grand is this commonality to rejoice in our common worship, to come together on Sunday and lift our voices in praise as God is glorified and our hearts raised to the heavens to recognize the commonality of our faith, to lift one another up in our earthly suffering and struggles, knowing that in all this and more, we each have all things in common. It's incredible.